Thanks so much for listening today. We hope that through this message, you are being filled with the grace and hope found in the person of Jesus Christ. If this message and ministry has made an impact on you in any way, be sure to let us know about it by emailing us at mystory@thefuelchurch.com. And even if you couldn't be here in person, be sure to check in with us on Instagram and Facebook to let us and others know that you are listening and growing with us here at Fuel Church. Every month through these check-ins, we are making a global difference. Now let's jump in to this week's message. But today I want to launch out into part three of our series and talk to you about this. Our title is Small Steps to Guarding Our Words. Can we say this together? Small steps to guarding our words. One more time, church, you're sounding good. Small steps to guarding our words. Um, I don't know if you realize it, but words have power. Words have power. Um, They may seem small, but they make a big difference. They make a big difference. And our key thought for our series is this. It's often the small things, let's, let's read it, church. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things everyone wants. One more time. It's often the small things that no one sees that result in the big things everyone wants. Our words have power. And I want to talk to you today about the power of your words because words matter. Words matter. Actually, the Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word was with God, and God spoke the word. He used words to create the universe. He used words to create you and I. And we are made in his image, and he gives us words. And we have creative power to speak words, either words of life or words of death. And that's what Proverbs 18, 21 says. It says, the tongue has the power of life and death. What does it say? The tongue, the tongue has the power of life and death, meaning we can create our future with our Words, so we must be very careful with the words that we speak. Now, listen, this is a teach teaching message today, and I just believe if you lean into this message, if you lean into this, this very message could help change the course of somebody's life in here. I truly believe that. I truly believe that today because words have power. The words we speak can either be life giving or life taking. It can either be life-giving, let's say that, life-giving, or life-taking. Life-giving or life-taking. You can change the life that you have by changing the words you speak. Small changes in the words we speak can make a big difference in the life that we live. Small changes. We're not asking for you to do some giant leap. Right, This whole series is about taking small steps. All of us can take a few small steps Right, when it comes to our words. When I think about my words, when I think about the last few days, I I, I can go back to some times and I would want to rewind some words that I spoke. Anybody else? No, you don't need this. Everybody is dismissed. You guys are good. 
I'll just preach it to myself. There's words that I've, I've said, to my, to, said to my kids. There's words I've said to others that I'm like, that probably wasn't the best thing to say. That, 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 I, I shouldn't have said that. I should, I, I should have uh, thought a little more about the words that come out of my mouth because our words have power and we must be very careful. So we want to make some small changes, small changes in the words we speak because I believe it'll make a big difference in the life that we live. James chapter three, verse three and five says this. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn whenever the pilot chooses to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way, someone say the same way, the tongue, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest afire. Are you getting the illustration that James is speaking? Are we, are we getting the power of the tongue? Though it's small, a tiny spark can cause a forest fire. A forest fire. Have you ever burned down somebody because of your words? Have you ever burned down the house that you were in with your words? Have you ever been in a toxic environment because the words that somebody spoke? Have you ever worked in a toxic environment and you dread walking into there because you know so-and-so, all they're gonna do is speak negative. All they're gonna do is speak words of fear and doubt and unbelief. Hmm? There's power in words. We can either speak life-giving words or we speak life-taking words. I mean, some marriages struggle because of this. A lot of marriages struggle because of this because uh, there are a lot of life-taking words spoken. And then there are marriages that are strong because there are a lot of life-giving words spoken. Relationships. Look at some of the relationships we have. Look, about the, look at the people you don't want to be around. Most likely, they're the ones that are speaking life-taking words. Most likely, they're the ones that tense you up and give you anxiety before you even are around them. Most likely, they're the ones that drain you that drain you, you leave their company, you leave that environment, and you are drained because they speak life-taking words. But then on the other hand, look at the, the relationships that you have that are life-giving. You wanna be around those individuals. They make you happy. They encourage you when you're down. They speak words of life. You get excited. They lift you up. They're speaking life-giving words. And all of us, all of us, All of us are the captain, the coach, the pilot of our words. All of us, all of us are in control of our words. All of us are in control of this tongue. Life, death, blessing, cursing. The Bible says, choose life. Choose life that it may be well with you and others. So your words not only impact you, but they impact others. Life-giving or Life taking. I love the book of Proverbs, and Solomon is is so he pinpoints the power of words and just encourage you in your time. Read a proverb a day. Read a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs, one each day. I say it like this: a proverb a day will keep stupidity away. 
I firmly believe that. Read a proverb today. Look at these two proverbs. There are many. He talked a lot about words, but Proverbs 12, 18. The words of the reckless do what? Pierce. Oh, words pierce. Like what? Swords. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. Brings healing. Proverbs 15, 4. The soothing tongue is a what? Tree of life. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Hmm? We used to say this, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. That was the biggest lie we ever heard growing up. That was the biggest lie we ever heard growing up, because words hurt. Did you see what he said? It said they pierce. It says they can crush you. They can pierce you. The words that come out of our mouth can hurt others. I guarantee all of us in here have had some words spoken over us that crushed our spirit. I guarantee you could rewind in your life and maybe some of you go back to your childhood and you can remember what that bully said. You can remember what a family member said or someone who was picking on you. Maybe it was someone in your household. You can remember those specific words they said because it crushed your spirit. It pierced you like a sword. It pierced you like a sword. All of us have had these words spoken and all of us have said words that hurt others. All of us, I mean, you ever walk into church or walk into your job and someone says, uh, uh, they, they, they say, did you, did you mean to do that with your hair? <laughs> that hurts. <laughs> I mean, I spent $300 on it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> you know, that, 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 that hurts. Um, um, people say, uh, why aren't you married yet? <laughs> All the single people, come on, if you're single and ready to mingle, raise your hand. I need you to look around right now. There may be a match made in church. I'm not sure. There could be. The Lord could be leading you. Spirit, lead me. Huh? But, but some people unintentionally speak words that crush. Uh, who picked out your outfit? <laughs> wow, that hurt. <laughs> I like this outfit. I've been strutting in front of the mirror for two hours thinking about all the compliments I would get from this outfit and you just asked me who picked it out. Dear God. Hmm. And some are more intentional, right? Some are more intentional. I can't stand you. I hate you. Hmm. You'll never be good enough. I never loved you anyway. Some are... Directive. I mean, some of them, we got the sword in our hand. We're piercing individuals with our words. More intentional. Digging at them. You always disappoint me. You'll always be a failure. Words hurt. Words hurt. Words can crush an individual. On the other hand, life-giving words. Life-giving words can lift up an individual. Can't they? Encouraging words can lift up somebody and allow them to believe in themselves even when they're struggling with doubt and unbelief. But because of an encouraging word, you can lift others up. Words like, I believe in you. Words like, I'm so proud of you. Come on now. Words like, you're so amazing. Words like, I'm so thankful God put you in my life. 
Words like, I'm so thankful God placed you in this church to serve in the capacity you're serving. You're such a blessing to my life. Every time I see you serving, every time I see you in the parking lot, every time I see you greeting at the doors, every time I see your smile at the welcome center, it encourages me. Words can lift up. Words can encourage others. Hmm? I intentionally... Every day, try to speak life-giving words over my kids. Several years ago, I realized that I probably was speaking more life-taking words than life-giving. I was probably picking at the scab too much. I know none of you ever done that, but let me preach about me so you don't get offended and leave the church. But if you do get offended, there is an email you can email us, joel at thefuelchurch.com. <laughs> and I, I intentionally started to do something about five, six years ago. Every morning, I would speak these life-giving words over my kids, and I would speak them to them, just talking to them, and then I would speak them in the prayers when I would pray over them in the morning when they're at the bus stop and then at night when they would go to bed. And I believe it's so important to speak life-giving words over our kids because we will have what we say. We will have what we say. Always speak life to what you want your child to become. Always speak life to what you want your child to become. You see, when you're calling little Johnny a brat 50 times a day, that's what he's going to become. When you're calling your friend saying, my kids get on my nerves. I'm tired of these snow days. I'm about to go crazy up in here. About to throw them in the snow. Huh? Always be careful. Be careful of the words that you, because they have life. They can be life-giving to your kids or life-taking. They can impact their little spirits at a young age. And so if you're telling your kids they're stupid 50 times a day, if you're telling them you're lazy just like your father, can't get no help up in here today. New sound system got everybody off. If you're telling them they're stupid, if you're telling your friends on a conversation when your kids are listening, man, my kids got mental problems, I think. (laughs) Really? Be careful. Be careful. Words pierce. Words destroy. Words can set a forest fire. The tongue is a powerful weapon that God gave us. We need to learn to speak life-giving words over our kids, life-giving words over our spouse. Well, my spouse, he's always going to be a drunk. Well, if you keep saying that, yeah. But what if you start turning around and say, I believe my husband is sitting beside me in church worshiping God. I believe he's free from that addiction of alcohol. I believe his hands are lifted up. I believe our marriage is strong. I believe God is restoring all things. See the difference? You have what you say. You can have what you say. You can have what you say. Their life and death are in the power. Is this all right today? Do you guys need anything? Coffee refill? Anything? You good? Everybody good? Life and death. The power of 
the tongue. Let's do a word audit. Let's do a word audit. Real quick, real quick. This is just between you. This is just in your mind. Let's do a word audit real quick. Let me ask you two questions here. Let's do a word audit from the last, let's say the last week. Two questions. Are you speaking more life-giving or life-taking words to others? Question. Let's do a word audit. Let's do an audit real quick. The last week, are you speaking more life-giving or life-taking words to others? Go ahead, do the audit real quick. Do the audit real quick. I'm not gonna make you come up and tell. Don't worry. Someone's like, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Second question. Are you speaking more life-giving words or life-taking words to yourself? That one hurt for some people. That one hurt for some people. Because it's hard for you to speak life over yourself. It's easier for you to speak life over someone else. But it's hard for you to believe and encourage yourself. It's hard for you to see the potential within you when all your life you were put down. When your father told you you'd never be anything. And they told you you never amount to anything. You'll always be poor. You'll always be this. You'll always be that. And so you have trouble speaking life-giving words over yourself. Words pierce. Words crush. Words hurt. But let me tell you, you don't have to be a victim of your past. You, don't have, you can't change the past, sir, ma'am. You can't change that. But you can move forward. And you can begin to encourage yourself. You, you can begin to speak life-giving words over yourself. You can begin to declare the word of the Lord over your life and over your situation. Today, I just want us to make some small changes in the words we speak because I believe it'll make a big difference in the life we live. I want us to make some small changes, small changes in the words, the words that we speak because words have life, words have death. They're either life-giving or life-taking. I believe it'll make a big difference in how we live. Two powerful rules about life-giving words I want to give you, and then I'll be out of your way. Two powerful rules. Number one, if you can't say something helpful, skip it. I'm just letting it sink in. I'm not trying to figure out what to say next. Don't worry. I'm prepared. I preached this message for three hours yesterday in my basement. Skip it. Skip it. This is hard for me sometimes to do. You know what I'm saying? This is hard because in my mind, this is the right way to do it. Oh, who am I talking to? Yeah, y'all don't want to be real. You don't want to be real up in here. In my mind, this is the way it has to be done or it's done wrong. In my mind, I'm perfect. I'll just talk about me. I'm not going to talk about you. I'm not going to talk about your husband or your, or your wife sitting beside you. Just look straight at me. Just look straight at me, guys. Just the best results. Just look straight at me. In my mind, that's wrong. No, you don't do it that way, right? And so I've gotten in trouble with my tongue because I didn't skip it. Someone say, skip it. Skip it. Now, last week we were dripping. Come on, somebody. <laughs> Drip. 
drip, drip, drip. Anyway, if you weren't here, you got to get the podcast. That's what happens when you miss Fuel Church. You never want to miss Fuel Church, by the way. You never know what's going to happen. I mean, the illustration, you can't get it on podcast. I mean, I'm just saying. Last week, we were dripping. This week, we're skipping. From dripping to skipping. We're skipping it. We're skipping it. Look look at Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for what? Building others up according to their needs that it may benefit those who listen. This one verse could change your life. This one verse right here. If you focus on this one verse for the next seven days, it could change your life. Right here. Right here. I, I don't know of any more important topics or subjects to give you in this series than we have so far. Your thoughts, your words, I mean, people, when we get this down, come on, and we're always gonna be working on it. Let me just tell you, been Christian a long time, always gonna be working on it. Brother Victor, you've been a Christian a long time. We're always working on it, ain't we? We're always working on the power of our words. We're always, we're always working on it, but our words can build others up. Our words can build others up, or our words can hurt others. We need to stop beating down others with our words. It doesn't help change them. Can I tell you it doesn't help change them? By you telling somebody who isn't in church, who isn't living for God, who's maybe addicted or far from God, by you pointing that out to them every day doesn't help change them. And the Bible doesn't say, it doesn't say to do that. It says let your light shine. Just let it shine. Sometimes, sometimes you don't need words. I love that statement from one of the old preachers. Preach the gospel always and when necessary, use words. Your life is preaching. Your attitude, the way you walk into work and deal with problems and situations and people that are a nag and a thorn in your flesh, that's preaching louder than you taking a Bible and saying, you're going to burn in hell if you don't repent. Huh? That's called fear-based. People don't get saved because of fear-based gospel. They get saved because of a grace gospel. They get saved because the Holy Spirit, here's what the scripture says, the whole, they will come to the Father and the Son by the Holy Spirit, will draw them unto them. We just let our light shine. So us putting them down, us saying negative words over them, us always harping on them. Why aren't you in church? Why aren't, why aren't you in church? Why aren't you in, you never come to church with me and you need to be in church and church and church and church. Stop saying it. Just love them. Just love them with the love of God. Love covers all. Love is the answer. Love that individual to Christ. Love them. Don't lecture. Love them. Skip that part. Skip that part. Build them up. Build them up. Tell my kids all the time, if you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. If you don't have something nice to say about your brother and sister, you know, my kids fight in the car. I don't know if your kids do. They like to fight. They like to argue. They fight about everything. Everything. Where they're going to sit. Who's going to put their drink in what cup holder? I'm like, dear God, we got 20 cup holders in this car. Just put a cup there. Lord have mercy. And then we go to the drive-thru and we get Wendy's or whatever. And they're fighting over their meal. They're fighting over the toy and trying to trade and do all this stuff. 
And finally, you know, daddy, daddy gets riled up. If you don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. And then once in a while, I'll say this. I'll make this statement. Pardon, pardon me for saying this in church, but I'll say, some of you got diarrhea of the mouth. So I tell my kids, because they do. They're speaking, just nagging, negative, complaining. Man, they only gave me four nuggets. I was supposed to have six. Just eat it. Just eat it. My fries are cold. Give them to me. I'll warm them up in my mouth. That's what I tell them. Give it to I'll warm them up. They'll be warm real quick. Real quick. And I tell them when they harping and negative and complaining, you got diarrhea of the mouth. Clean your mouth out. Maybe you didn't hear anything in this message, but you'll remember that. <laughs> Next time you go to the rest. Anyway. Um, can, 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 I, can I help you for how it helped me? It, it, you don't always have to say everything that comes to your mind. Can I help you? It helped me. Um, I, I will always have an opinion, but I don't always have to speak it. Are, are you with me, church? I will always have an opinion, but I don't always have to speak it. Because now I'm thinking, now I'm thinking, is my opinion going to help or hinder that individual? Is my opinion, does it really matter? Most of the time we get in trouble with our words, they don't even matter. This is just, like, like we didn't need to say that. It's not going to change the situation. And so now, you know, I end up hurting somebody with my words. Hmm? Point number one, if you don't, if you can't say anything helpful, skip it. Point number two, if you think something good, say it. Say it. If you think something good about somebody, say it. I've learned to do a better job at this. I'm not there yet. I'm a work in progress. But I try, whenever the thought comes, encourage that person. I don't allow sense and reason to take over. You know, all kinds of thoughts come to your head. Well, they don't need that. They're gonna think this, they're gonna think that. No, the first thought was encourage them. I need to say it. I need to say it to that individual. I need to say it. Proverbs 16, 24, gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and what? Healing to the bones. Your words are like healing. Your words are like healing. It doesn't say your thoughts. It says your words. Someone say, my words are healing. You can heal your marriage with your words. You can heal your kids with your words. You can, you can heal that broken relationship with your words. Is this okay today? Just got a few more minutes and then we'll wrap up and you can get to the buffet and beat the Baptists. They didn't have church, so anyway. I don't know, I just made that up. Everybody chill. If you're Baptist, we love you. Words, words, gracious words are honeycomb sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. Words to your wife, with your coworkers, your team. Words to others in church. Words. I've, I've learned to say it. I've learned to say it. If I think something good, I'm going to say it. And here's, here's kind of my rule. I, I, I'll, sometimes I'll text it. Sometimes I'll write it on a note. Sometimes I'll say it on a phone. And sometimes I'll say it face to face. It's a text. I mean, every day I'm, I'm saying, God, who do you want me to encourage today? 
Who's the person? Who's the people that I can write a a note to? If If you know me, uh, I, I love thank you notes, and I, I write thank you notes a lot, and uh, I write people notes, and I, just encouraging words, thank you, you're an awesome blessing to this church, thank you for being faithful, thank you for showing up, thank you for serving in the parking team when it's negative seven degrees, can we thank these people, someone needs to go buy them something, coffee or something, not donut, not right now, the 27th you buy them donuts, right now just vegetable donut, I don't know. And thank these individuals for what they do. When's the last time you walked around church and thanked people for serving? People were here early shoveling snow. People were here yesterday shoveling, so it wasn't as bad today. People were setting up the auditorium. People were getting things ready. Hey, thank you for what you do. It makes a difference. Don't think, man, that goes a long way. That goes a long way. I I know when I hear those words, it helps me. It brings healing to my soul. When, when, when you guys come up, some of you say, man, that word was for me. I needed that. Thank you. Some, something simple as that. Just small words make a big difference. Small words make a big difference. So we need to say it. We need to build others up because when we build others up with these life-giving words, we're causing healing to come to them. But not only build others up, we need to build ourselves up. We need to build ourselves up. We need to start speaking to the life that we want to become, not the life we currently are. This is what David did when he came to Ziglag and they had burnt the city. David and his men show up and they had taken their wives and their kids, burnt the complete city down and David was discouraged in 1 Samuel 30. And they wanted to kill David and his men and David all of a sudden in verse 6 the Bible says that David began to encourage himself in the Lord. What do you do when who you are is not who you want to be? What do you do when the situation you're in doesn't seem right? What do you do when you're waiting on a promise? What do you do when all hell breaks loose? Can you imagine coming back to your house, burnt down, kids are gone, wife is gone, all your possessions. What do you do? David said, I'm going to encourage myself in the Lord. Because sometimes it's you and the Lord. Sometimes you got to get in that closet. Sometimes you got to get in your car and you got to speak words of life over yourself, over your mind. Because the devil wants you to go insane in the membrane. Insane, got no brain. He he wants you to think crazy thoughts. That's when you have to speak to yourself and encourage yourself in the Lord. That's when you got to get a hold of God's word. And you got to know what the Bible says about you. You are God's son. You are God's daughter. You need to pick up the Bible and declare who you are in Christ. You need to declare who you are in Christ. I have this list. You can get it on Google. Who I am in Christ. Joyce Meyer has a great list. I love her messages, by the way. I I declare these who I am in Christ all the time. It sits on my desk. I pull it up on my phone once in a while. And I declare I am alive with Christ because of Ephesians 2.5. I have the mind of Christ. 1 Corinthians 2.16, Philippians 2.5. I have the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. I have received the power of the Holy Spirit and he could do miraculous things through me. I have the authority and power over the enemy in this world. I am renewed in the knowledge of God and no longer want to live in my old ways or nature before I accepted 
Christ. I am merciful. I do not judge others and I forgive quickly. As I do this by God's grace, he blesses my life. I am chosen by God who called me out of darkness and of sin and into the light and the life of Christ so I can proclaim the excellence and the greatness of who he is. I am born again, spiritually transformed, renewed and set apart for God's purpose through the living and everlasting word of God. I am God's workmanship created in Christ to do good works, which he has prepared for me. This is who I am. This is who I am. Get the distortion out and get some clarity in your life. Don't be so moved by your emotions. Your emotions will lie to you. Be moved by the word of God. Get you some I am's. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of I am not ruled by fear because the Holy Spirit lives in me and gives me the power and self-control. I am redeemed from the curse of sickness, sin, and poverty. I am greatly loved by God. I am saved by his grace, raised up with Christ and seated with him in heavenly places. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on and on. And that's when you begin to encourage yourself in the Lord. Grab a hold of some I am's. You'll come out of that car ready to bite the devil's ear off. The devil ain't nothing but a mouse with a megaphone. Did you hear me? He ain't nothing but a mouse with a megaphone. He's small. He just got a big mouth. Shut him up. You know how you shut him up? The word. You know how Jesus shut him up? the word. He, Jesus was tempted after 40 days of prayer and fasting. And the Bible says that the devil came and, and Jesus said, nope, nope, nope. It is written. It is, it is written in the word. It is written. It is written. And you declare the word of God. That's how you defeat the enemy. It is written. It is written. You got to say it. 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 Hit your neighbor and say, you got to say it. You got to say it. If you want to see it, then you say it over your life. If you want to believe it, then you repeat it over your life. Boy, this is good. I think I'll get the podcast. If you want to see it, you got to say it. If you want to believe it, you got to repeat it. Well, when do I stop? Oh, we don't stop repeating it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Every time you come here, your faith is growing. You say, I just got a little bit of, that's all it takes, honey. That mustard seed faith, the size of, of, of your nail on your pinky. That's how big a mustard seed is. Jesus said, if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to the mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea. That's all you need. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When do we stop hearing? Oh, we never stop hearing. We are continually being transformed. I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived. I'm not perfect yet. That's why I'm on a journey following Christ. We have a saying here, no perfect people allowed. And actually, this is the perfect church for imperfect people. You got to say it. 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 You got to skip some words. You got to say some other words. You got to skip some words. Because here's the reality. Some of you grab a hold of this, encouraging yourself in the Lord. You'll have more power to skip the words that you're saying to other people because you'll believe who you are in Christ because most people that crush others with their words and pierce others don't know who they are in Christ themselves. Did you hear that? That They're struggling with their identity themselves, so they put others down. 
they put others down. But when you begin to say it, you begin to be like David and say, I am who God says I am, nothing less and nothing more. Then you begin to skip some words and you watch your tongue because you realize life and death are in the power of this tongue. Small changes in the words we speak can make a big difference in the life we live. Let's take some small steps in guarding our words today. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Thank you, God, that you first spoke the word over us. The Bible says in your word, Jesus, that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. You've seen potential in us before we came to the knowledge of you as Lord and Savior. So we thank you, God, for seeing greatness in us. We thank you, God, for seeing the best in the worst of us. <laughs> oh, we thank you, God, for believing in us when we don't believe in ourselves. Your word is there. Now, Lord, help us as individuals. Help us to guard our words. Help us to learn the power that our words have as we speak them to our spouses, our kids, our coworkers, those we're in relationship with. Let us realize some are life-giving and some are life-taking. And help us to guard our tongue that we may not sin against it, your word says. Help us to guard it. Help us to guard it. Help, help us to think before we say. Help us to think before we say, God, and give us the power to skip some things. Give us the power to skip some things and to say some things. Say some things that'll bring healing, that'll bring strength to others around us. We ask you to do that, Holy Spirit, in each of us. Would you ask the Holy Spirit, would you ask him what he's saying to you through this message, just within your heart? Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me through this message? How, how can I apply this? What are, what are the small steps that I can take to guarding my words? Would you do that right now in this moment? Once again, thanks for joining us for this week's message. If you would like to know more about us, be sure to visit us at thefuelchurch.com. It is also here where if you would like to help support this ministry financially, you can click on the online giving tab. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And we hope and pray you have a blessed week.